All right, we've been uh, working through a series on the fruit of the Spirit, uh, almost, almost near the end. Uh, we're going to be looking at the topic of faithfulness today, and, uh, and here's the verse that this comes from Galatians chapter 5. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And uh, it was kind of weird this week because I like memorized this verse uh, like years and years ago, but I memorized the faithfulness and the gentleness in the wrong order. And so actually when I sat down to write my message, I started writing on gentleness. And then when I looked at, looked at the verse, I was like, I was going to say crap, it's, uh, it's faithfulness. Uh, I just say that word, so maybe, maybe it's church appropriate, I don't know. Anyways, so we're talking about faithfulness, not gentleness today. Okay, what is faithful? What does it mean? Uh, a couple notes about the word faithfulness. First of all, uh, if you look it up in the Bible, uh, the word faithfulness is, is often combined with the word love. The most commonly associated word with faithfulness is actually a connection with love. And, and we see this numerous, numerous times in the Bible with the word faithfulness. In Psalm 25, 10, it says, The Lord leads us with unfailing love and faithfulness, or Psalm 57, God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. And so there is a very close connection between love and faithfulness. The other aspect of faithfulness, or this, because it's connected to the idea of faith, because sometimes that word faith kind of seems like fluffy, like things in the sky that have no practical, you know, it doesn't really matter here on the, in the practical earth, but it is very, very practical. That the idea of faithfulness is, is connected with, with action. And because it's connected with love, it is often like love in action. And we see in James chapter 2, talking about helping the poor. And that's what the little Christmas box went around. And we're going to help uh, some people in need with that. But it says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, or you say you're faithful or filled with faithfulness, but don't show it by your actions? Faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. And so uh, faithfulness uh, has action towards it. And this is really important with this idea of faithfulness and love because uh, some people have a disconnect. And there are folks who will say, you know, I'm very faithful to God, but actually are, are not very nice. And people who claim, you know, I'm really faithful and I'm all about God and and actually are kind of unloving in some of the ways they, they act. And, of course, the primary example would be the Pharisees, who claimed that they were very faithful. And numerous times you talking about, you know, we're uh, Abraham's children, and we're faithful, and Jesus, you're not. And, and yet at one time, uh, Jesus said, you're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, because they're faithful. They were faithful to the tiniest little law, trying to be so very, very faithful. But, Jesus says, you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith, the things dealing with love. And so we can't disconnect being faithful from actually loving God and loving people. And and sometimes if you fall into legalism or into negative religion, there can be this disconnect. You know, I'm, I'm faithful, and, and you kind of walk around being not very nice to, to folks. Now, now, what does faithfulness mean? What kind of a definition, as we've been doing with all of these ones? Here's my definition. Uh, faithfulness means 
consistently acting in love towards God and those around us. Consistently acting in love towards God and others. And that's how I see it used in, in Scripture. Uh, Holman's Bible Dictionary puts it this way. It means steadfast, dedicated, dependable, and worthy of trust. Or the short version, just doing what you said you do. And as followers of Jesus, uh, one of the primary things we say we do is you know, the one command of Jesus, which is to love one another as he has loved us. And so faithfulness is, is playing that out in our lives with, with action. Now, some examples of faithfulness in Scripture. Um, there's a couple pictures. One would be Ruth. If you know the story of Ruth, her mother-in-law uh, lost her husband and lost her sons. And so Ruth, the, the daughter-in-law, uh, says to Naomi, who says, you know, I'm leaving this town. I'm going to a different country. I'm going back home. Ruth does not leave her. Ruth says to Naomi, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. That's this faithfulness and love towards her mother-in-law, Ruth. It's, it's this faithful dedication, consistent love being shown. Or we can look at David and Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan uh, was the son of King Saul, who was a pretty nasty king because he wanted to kill David. But Jonathan's good friends with David in this weird kind of thing. And, and yet Jonathan doesn't fall for the pressures of his father. I mean, Jonathan being the son of this king could have, you know, like, I need to obey, obey the king. and I need to obey my dad, even though he's doing all these awful things. But he chooses love. He chooses what is right. He chooses to be faithful to David. And it says in 1 Samuel 23 that David received the news that Saul was on the way to Zippa to, or Zip, or however you pronounce it, Zip. Yeah, there we go. Uh, to search for him and kill him. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be the, the, the king of Israel, and I will be next to you, as my father Saul is well aware. And so in faithfulness to David and faithfulness to love, he chooses to go against that which is wrong, and that was what his father was doing. That is faithfulness being played, played out. Now, the idea of faithfulness also uh, has a, a strong connection to the Christmas story. In, in John chapter 1, which is the Christmas story according to John, he says, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And this word, this light, goes on in verse 14 to say, So the word became human and made his home among us. And this is speaking of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the word who was God, who created all things, who is light, whom the darkness can never extinguish, is poured into human skin and human flesh, and uh, he becomes human. And then it says of him, he was full of unfailing love 
and faithfulness. And there's our word. And we see this connection between faithfulness and love. And this is, is Jesus embodying this. If you want to know what faithfulness looks like, if you want to know what love looks like in combination, you look at Jesus who, who consistently, using my definition, showed love to the Father and love to those people he met as he loved the so-called tax collectors and sinners and he loved the Samaritans, the outcasts and the, the lepers and he just loved and, and this is why he was faithful. And it says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. This is where we live, in, in this abundance of Jesus, and the, the darkness can never extinguish, that we're living in the abundance of his blessing that has been poured out on us. And then it says this, For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. And so Jesus is the one who is the clearest picture of what God is like. As I always say, if your view of God doesn't look like Jesus, there's something wrong with your view. <laughs> your view should always look like Jesus because Jesus is the only one who perfectly shows us what the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Yahweh God, actually looks like. But, but here we see this contrast. The law was given through Moses... But God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. That there is something different about the law and this idea of the revelation of God in Jesus that is filled with love and faithfulness. Um, and again, this is where the mistake, sometimes people are so dedicated to the law and to religious rules or whatever it might be, and they're being faithful, but they're, they think they're being faithful, but they're not actually in line with this unfailing love and faithfulness. There's a contrast that he is making here. And perhaps we could see this in Mark chapter 2, where the Pharisees get very upset because Jesus and his disciples are breaking Sabbath laws. You are not being faithful to God because you're breaking Sabbath laws. And yet Jesus says there's something higher than just the law. It's called love and faithfulness. In Mark 2, it says, on uh, one Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. And in the legalistic mind of that day, that would be work because you're taking grain and you're pulling it apart and you're eating it, which means you're harvesting, which was breaking the law and you're not being faithful. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry. He went into the house of God during the days when Abathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. And so the story is when David, and he's starving because he's hiding from that ugly King Saul and his commands are hiding, hiding out in this cave and, and they're starving to death and they don't have any food and so he, they sneak into the temple of God and they take the sacred loaves which are only for the priests and they take them and they take it back to their, their buddies and they eat it and they, they get some food and Jesus said that even though they break the law that he was acting in love. That love is higher than law. That the, the law came through Moses but love and faithfulness came through Jesus. And so uh, when we're thinking about carrying ourselves in this world, when we're thinking about being faithful, 
It's not that we're like, it's not like, I'm going to be faithful to all the little laws. It's no, no, you want to be faithful to love. You want to be faithful to Jesus and his teachings and that, how that manifests in love because it always manifests in love because it says right here, the law came through Moses, but love and faithfulness came through Jesus. And so we look through the eyes of Jesus that love is always connected to faithfulness. Now, we know God is faithful. There are a lot of scriptures when it comes to faithfulness about God being faithful. God is faithful. Uh, God, you are entirely faithful. Or Psalm 89, your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is an enduring as the heavens. Again, the connection between love and faithfulness in that verse. How is God faithful? Well, one way that God is faithful is he's always faithful to his promises. And, and there are a lot of scriptures about this, that he is faithful to his promises. In Psalm 71, it says, I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises, O God. And he is. He is absolutely faithful to his promises. But the hard part of the question is like, what are God's promises? And you talk to different folks, and different folks will have different lists of what is a promise. Uh, but, but as you see in the Bible, there are sort of three categories of promises. There are those that are, that are what might be called unconditional promises. This is like, no matter what we do, God's going to do it. No matter how we act, good or bad, unloving, loving God is going to do what he said he's going to do because it's absolutely unconditional. Then he has promises that is like, I'm going to do this but you need to partner with me. These are promises which are more conditional. They're conditional on us partnering with God. And then there are promises that are maybe just directed to a specific person in the Bible or a specific situation, and, and, but not necessarily to us for all Christians for all time. And just a good example of this is Psalm 91. This was a promise to a particular person or a particular people. Some theologians think this was having to do with the blessings and curses of Deuteronomy under the law. Some people think this was a specific promise to somebody. But this is not a universal promise, Psalm 91. In fact, Satan used this against Jesus in his temptations. He quoted Psalm 91, and, and Jesus responds, No, you are not supposed to test the Lord your God. But Psalm 91 says, because it looks like a promise. He says, he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so they won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Uh, this is not a universal promise everybody. Uh, I think that's pretty clear because if we say so, then we would have to say that God's not faithful to his promise because there's thousands and thousands of Christians who have who've been hit with deadly disease. There's thousands and thousands of Christians who have died in armies and wars. And, I mean, and I think pretty much every Christian at some point has hurt their foot on something, unless I'm just weird because I've done it multiple times. Um, and this is, not an, this is not an unconditional promise or a promise that God gives to everybody, though he may give this to you in a, in a certain season. I mean, he, God can take a verse and say, this promise is for you this week, or this promise is for you today, but we can never claim something like this as a universal promise, because if it was, then God's obviously not faithful, because again, we've all hurt our foot on a stone. And so sometimes the things that look like promises are not necessarily promises because they're towards a specific person in the Bible or a specific 
season or to Israel or under the law or whatever. Then there's these promises which are conditional. It's like, God, I'm going to do this in your life and I'm going to be faithful to to do that, but you need to partner with me. And a good example of that is Philippians 4. Uh, This is a promise, or this this is our part. Or the promise at the bottom here, I should read that first. Where it says, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And, and that's a promise, that His peace will guard your hearts and mind. But if we want to see that promise, there, there's a partnership because there's this word then. So the verse says, don't worry about anything. Right there, we're probably just done. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so this would be a conditional promise that we have to partner with this to see this reality birthed into our lives. Or this one, uh, the promise is then the peace of God will be with you. But there's a little then. I mean, the peace of God is always with us, but this is just a, a deeper reality in our mind. But it says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me do, and then the peace of God will be with you. This is, is a partnership promise. And then we've got a whole host of, of, of promises that are just like, no matter what you do, I'm going to do it. And these are these unconditional promises like, God's love towards you is absolutely unconditional. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, God's love is unconditional towards you. And Psalm 106 says, His faithful love endures forever. It just keeps going. It doesn't matter if you pass away from this earth, His love keeps going. It lasts forever. And this is an unconditional promise. The Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. It just keeps going. And His faithfulness continues to each generation. Again, this connection between love and faithfulness and faithfulness and love. You can't pull those two apart. No matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, uh, God loves you. And he loves you deeply. And there's nothing you have done or are going through right now that changes his immense, perfect love for you. In fact, the classic passage to read, if you're ever struggling with God's love, is just the end of Romans 8, where it says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death, because sometimes when we're going through those things, we're like, God, do you really love me? Because why is this happening? And God says, nothing can separate me from your love. Even if you're going through hardship, and difficulty, and tragedy, or whatever it might be, I love you. Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And then, then he lists all those things that we really think could separate us from, well, surely these things could separate me from God's love. But he says, no, 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 neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love because it lasts forever. (laughs) No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. He loves you desperately. There's nothing you can do have done or involved right now that, that makes God not love you. And, and sometimes you've got to let that sit in. It's just like, 
right now in this moment, God loves me perfectly. <laughs> he loves me immensely. Maybe, maybe, my, maybe my husband's not loving me or maybe my friend's not loving me or maybe my family's not, but, but God is loving me right now so deeply. It's, it's a promise. Unconditional promise. Another one is God's forgiveness. I mean, there's some verses that point at something being partnership because we do need to open our heart to Jesus and, and first kind of ask for his forgiveness. But, but after that, it's just, it's, it's unconditional. That he is faithful, and there's our word, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from not just some, not just a little bit, not just the bad, the easy stuff, but from all wickedness. And his promise is so good and so beautiful that there's actually this crazy verse in the Bible, which maybe is a hard, time, hard, to, hard to believe, but he says this, he has brought you into his own presence and you are, that means right now, this present tense, you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. I mean, that's how... That, how Unconditional his promises, I forgive you. And when he looks at you, he looks at you as holy and blameless and without a single fault because that's just how immense good his forgiveness is. And we have a hard time believing that sometimes. It's like, you know, I got to really, really worship for God to love me again. Or I got to really worship so maybe he will, might forgive me this week. He's like, it's already done on the cross. Jesus said, it is finished. It's already done <laughs> 2,000 years ago. His promise of forgiveness, it's an unconditional promise. And sometimes, like, you just need to sit in that. That I am perfectly and absolutely forgiven. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God right now is looking at me with eyes of peace because I have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Those, those are promises in the Scripture. And God promises to be faithful as His presence. No matter where you go, where you are, God is. You can't untangle ourselves from God's presence. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And, and, and we're all blended up together as we've talked about so many times. When Jesus said, I'm in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. You can't even untangle yourself from God's presence. So no matter where you are, no matter what you are going through, you are perfectly loved and you are perfectly forgiven and his presence is perfectly with you. And even if we think <laughs> something really goes wrong and all things go and we just become unfaithful and do some crazy stuff and we like turn our back maybe on Jesus. I mean, God is even faithful when we're unfaithful. It says in 2 Timothy 2, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. He doesn't break these Unconditional promises. He didn't turn back. Well, I'm not going to love you now. You know, I'm not going to be with you now. I mean, when we are unfaithful, he is faithful because he is a faithful God, whatever we're going through. Now, I'm just going to finish quickly with this because this is the fruit of the Spirit. We look at God's faithfulness and in turn, he asks us to be faithful. That is, God is faithful or we are to be faithful and it actually says we're to pursue faithfulness. It is something that we pursue faithfulness. And notice again the connection. Because there's a connection all over the scripture between faithfulness and love. You can't disconnect those two. And so here are some things just as we close that God asks us to be faithful in. If you look at the word faithful. First of all, uh, he wants us to be faithful to Jesus and his teachings. And so 
the Bible talks about faithful followers of Christ Jesus, or Jesus says, uh, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And, and we know, again, what the main teaching of Jesus is. If you've been in this church long enough, we don't have to remind you of that. The main teaching, the one command that sums up the whole law, that Jesus time, multi, said multiple times, that the apostles said multiple times, and that is, you love one another as Jesus hath loved us. And this is the idea of being faithful and filled with love and connection. That to be faithful to Jesus' teaching is primarily about being faithful and loving folks. And of course, loving God in, in, in the same way. Uh, there's talk about being faithfulness and partnering with Jesus. Jesus is building his kingdom. He's trying to work the fruit of the Spirit into this world. And we're to partner with that to make this world a more beautiful place. In Ephesians 6, being a faithful helper in the Lord's work or your faithful service is an, is an offering to God. Uh, to be faithful in hardship and persecution. In Hebrews 10, it says, you remain faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. And again, sometimes when we're going through suffering, we can kind of pull back and maybe doubt God's forgiveness or doubt His love. And to remain faithful in loving people and trusting God through difficulty is, is being faithful. Uh, there's talk... Uh, more than once just about the word being faithful in marriage and and we all know in this broken world that even though we try hard, our hardest sometimes it doesn't always work out but but in the midst of that we, we try to be faithful and we try to, to love our spouse and to be dedicated and and maybe even our more modern world is marriage and whatever your romantic relationships are to, to, to be filled with consent and love and goodness and to remain faithful in in marriage and in a lot of verses about being faithful with what you have and this promise, which seems like a, a, an unconditional promise, that if you're faithful in what you have, that there is blessing. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. Or Matthew 25, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. And lastly, uh, being faithful means just looking to God when things aren't making sense, when we can't solve things in our, in our own means. And this is what the scripture says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And perhaps some of you are there today. Uh, the things in your life aren't quite making sense. It, you're faced with something that you can't figure out on your own or is, is, is not, you know, you can't practically solve. And you're like, I, I feel like I'm going into the dark. And this is where faithfulness comes in, where we walk not by sight, but by faith and just trusting God, not knowing what the next step is. And, and if you find yourself in that bit of unknown today, I just feel like this is just a promise I want to leave you with today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord with all your heart do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take.